Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by co-host Matt Carter, and today we're going to break down the upcoming anticipated matchup between the NC State Wolfpack and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Week two of college football, game going to be played down in Starkville, Mississippi. The Wolfpack take on their first Power 5 opponent of the season. They go on the road for the first time this season, and that game will be 7 p.m. this Saturday, September 11th, on ESPN2. Uh, 4 p.m. for me, for the West Coast folks listening to this podcast, but 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, And, you know, time gets confusing when you see all the ads for all the times and everything, all that stuff. But another night game for the Wolfpack, three night games open the season. But quick reminder for the subscribers, listeners, and viewers at home, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, most importantly, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are getting so close to that thousand mark that our goal was to reach this football season. Um, Thank you so much to everyone that has recently subscribed. Our numbers have definitely jumped up here recently with the return of football season. But please, watch us on YouTube if that's the way you like to enjoy podcasts. Either way, subscribe to our Wolfpacker YouTube channel and give this video a thumbs up. Please, please, please. All right, Matt, let's talk about some football. I'd say... I got a real quick question for you. Okay. How many of our listeners do you think live on the West Coast? You know... You got me wondering now. Surprise. I would would honestly guess that at least 5 to 10% of our listeners don't live in the Eastern time zone. Now, I can't say if they're... You know, on the West Coast, maybe Central Time, or maybe they live, you know, overseas. But, um, you know, a good part of our message board actually was like, yeah, I lived on the West Coast for this long, or, oh, I'm out in Seattle. And um, I've had a few different people reach out to me. I've had one guy reach out to me that's on our message board that lives in San Francisco. So maybe I'll link up with that uh, individual once he returned from his overseas trip, I presume, for business, maybe pleasure. Who knows? It's football season. It's time to return back to the states, and maybe uh, maybe he and I will get together for the uh, the Clemson game coming up. Because I'm 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 scheming a little um, plan to get all the NC State people I know in San Francisco together to watch that game. But I think I'm going to lose some momentum if NC State doesn't take care of business against Mississippi State. Because that <laughs> matchup in Week Four will be a lot sexier. As long as NC State takes care of business in week two. Um, so let's jump into that matchup. Or do you want to start with the ACC? Where do you want to start, Matt? Well, let's start with Mississippi State. Because I actually watched a good chunk of that game against Louisiana Tech. And I want to be rewarded for using my afternoon slide on Mississippi. You know, as reporters, we don't get many Saturdays off during college football season. So I ordered a pizza for lunch and dinner. I got myself a large pizza and just tucked on the uh, my comfortable couch and, and and watched football. And I used my afternoon slot on Louisiana Tech, Mississippi State. Now, it helped that Alabama was laying the woodshed on Miami, so I didn't have to have to worry about that game too much. Can we talk about that quickly, Matt? Uh, sure. Because 
that is one thing. Now that I'm off the beat, I can say that I was not dialed in to Mississippi State, uh, Louisiana Tech at that 3.30 slot. I guess that was the noon slot for me. I was definitely watching Alabama-Miami because you also didn't care about Alabama-Miami because I wasn't watching with a zero-point spread. I was watching with that 19.5-point spread on Alabama, which, by the way, was free money. (laughs) If you took Miami, you need to stop gambling. Anyways, continue, Matt. Yeah. Well, I just say, let's talk about Mississippi State because it's a big game for NC State. And uh, I know fans are going to get caught up and I get it. They're going to get caught up in the fact that Louisiana Tech, you know, had a uh, a 20-point a lead with like 13 minutes to go. We're up 34-14. Um, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi State with the uh, biggest, largest comeback in school history, came back and won the game by one point. So you're thinking, oh, this game's setting up much better for NC State than we first thought. Um good opportunity you know Mississippi State didn't have a great, great win-loss record last year so I want to kind of throw out a cautionary tale about that game even though I, I do like NC State chances but um, I just want to throw out a cautionary tale during this podcast so what you're saying is this is not a gimme game I think that I think that's what you're trying to put you you still like the Wolfpack but it's not a gimme correct Okay. Yeah, because it's important to know how that thirty-four to fourteen lead happened. They they lost three fumbles. They put the ball on the ground three times. Mississippi State being day, uh, that's bad. Don't get me wrong. Shouldn't be putting the ball on the ground three times. And they also had an interception. But what's unusual is to lose all three of those fumbles. It's a bit of a fluky stat. I mean, they're kind of like remember in two thousand nineteen was it where NC State didn't get a fumble recovered for like eight straight games. Eight, that, eight straight games. I that mean, that's fluky. a fluky stat, right? Yeah. Um, kind of the other way around. And um, when they protected the football, they scored. And if you look at the statistics, yeah, they outgained Louisiana Tech by almost 100 total yards, um, 435 to 369 you know, 70-some yards. So, uh, when they took care of the football and they got to clean up some things like the penalties, way too many penalties for Mississippi State in that game, they they were clearly better uh, than Louisiana Tech. So, they don't read too much is what I'm saying into the, uh, the one-point win, the 20-point comeback. Uh Look at it as this is a team that actually came out, started strong, and with with their backs against the wall, responded and, and overwhelmed Louisiana Tech. So you're putting more value into the comeback versus the fact that they were down 20 points to Louisiana Tech in the fourth quarter. Am I hearing you correctly there, Matt? Absolutely. And again, we go back to last year when they had a 3-7 and seven record. Lost by seven to Arkansas. Lost by 14 to Texas A&M. Lost by seven at Georgia. Lost by seven at Ole Miss. Lost by 14 versus Auburn. It's not like they were getting their brain beat in. This is not South Florida. Remember we talked about when you looked at South Florida's record last year. Like they were not, not only were they one and eight or whatever it was, they were getting their butts kicked. 
in those games, right? This is not South Florida. This is a team that had to play on the SEC game last year. Unlucky for them, they had to play Alabama and Georgia and, and pretty much all the good teams in the SEC, and they went 3-7. and seven. And they were, they were somewhat competitive in a lot of those games. And so I would focus more on that. I think this is going to be a big challenge for NC State. I do like the Wolfpack's chances, but I do think it's going to be a, a more significant challenge um, than, than people may suspect. So, But no denying NC State looked better in week one, and I think that's reflected in the Vegas odds. Well, I... We'll get to the odds in a second because I think that's a conversation we should have. But I will say that I put a little bit more into the fact that, you know, this is a Mississippi State team that found itself down 20 points to a Louisiana Tech team that is not very good, mind you. NC State has four gimme games this year. Louisiana Tech is one of them. I suspect that this message board wouldn't be so happy if NC State found itself down 20 points to Louisiana Tech at home only to come back and win by one. Do you think the board would be putting more into the fact that they were down 20 or the fact that they came back from down 20? I think it would be the former. And plus, it's not like Mississippi State just pummeled Louisiana Tech in the fourth quarter. They certainly outscored them 21-3. to The scoreboard reflects that. But they only outgained Louisiana Tech 150-93. to also, some crazy-looking stats. We talked about those three lost fumbles that Mississippi State had in this game. They went 10-10 passing in that fourth quarter. Also, Louisiana Tech went 0-for-5 on third-down conversion opportunities in the fourth quarter. If the other Bulldogs, Louisiana Tech in this instance, convert one of those third downs, we're probably talking about an 0-1 Mississippi State squad. Now, I'm sure that you should be able to credit some of Mississippi State's defense for that 0-for-5 stat on third down conversions in the fourth quarter, but I'm also going to put a little bit on Louisiana Tech. I mean, I don't know what the specific situations are, but you know, what I think of Mississippi State coming into this game is I think it's a team that can hurt you offensively if you let them, but I don't think this is going to be an elite defense that NC State's going to have to go up against. I mean, look, you, they're going to have SEC caliber talent, but I mean, I'm not putting this above Clemson's defense. I'm not putting this against, I mean, probably, you know, not over UNC's defense. You know, uh, NC State's going to have tougher games on the schedule with tougher defenses left. So, yes, it'll be a much bigger challenge for Devin Leary and that offensive staff with Tim Beck, all the weapons on that side of the ball going up against an SEC defense versus what they had against USF. But I still think NC State's going to be able to put up 30-plus points on these Bulldogs. And that's pretty much how you got to beat these guys, too. Yeah, and you look at Louisiana Tech. They didn't really commit to running the football, uh, but they ran 25 times for 101 yards net. That includes a, a one sack that was uh, in that total. That, but that sack... Um, actually didn't lose any yards. Um, so that was, that, that wasn't a big deal. Um, and except for the average yard per rush number, they still average a respectable Louisiana tech. That is four yards a carry. And you would hope NC state could maybe do a little bit better running the football than Louisiana tech did uh, in that game. And then Austin Kendall, who a 
lot of NC State fans know that name. He's from the Charlotte area. NC State recruited him very hard for multiple years. He signed with Oklahoma. Uh, I, I can't remember which one of their litany of Heisman Trophy winners that he lost the quarterback battle to. Then he went to West Virginia. He was actually the quarterback for West Virginia when they beat NC State in West Virginia. Um interesting story. I think he took a job in medical sales, medical equipment sales or something like that. Um, but I guess at the end of the summer, he got the bug to give it one more try with the uh, extra COVID year and, and Louisiana Tech had stayed on him. And so that he ended up at Louisiana Tech. And he threw the ball fairly effectively. Um, you know, 268 yards passing, about 57% completion rate. So you're right, they, there is the opportunity to move the ball and score on Mississippi State. It's going to be how do you defend that Mississippi State offense, the Mike Leach air raid. You know what you're going to get. A lot of high percentage passes. You mentioned they were 10 for 10, I think, in the fourth quarter. Um, it's a, That's their MO. I mean, Will Rogers, their quarterback, kind of took the job last year. He completed almost 70% of his passes last year. 83% in game one. Um, they average less than 10 yards of completion. They will take some big shots, but that's not the MO. It's going to be a lot of screens, a lot of quick passes. They do get one of their important receivers back in Malik Heath. He missed the first game, I think. I don't know for sure, but it might have been because of that brawl they had against Tulsa in the bowl game last year when they beat Tulsa. Um, he might have been one of the guys that was suspended so he'll be coming back, so they'll be adding a weapon, and they do have a good running back that's very versatile, can catch the football. So, um, But they don't have two of them, right? They don't have a BAM, and a, a, in fact, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure Michael East would tolerate more than one scholarship running back playing in a game. That's just, yeah. uh, you know, but their running back is a good one. He's a legitimate good one, and you kind of wonder why he's sticking it out at Mississippi State. Um, rather than being go be somewhere where he can actually run the football. Um, so I, I honestly, I, I, Mississippi State strikes me as a team that's streaky. And so fans may recall when NC State played Texas Tech and Mike Leach was there in 2002. And I'm going to see if young Justin Williams can take a guess of who were the two quarterbacks on the field. What Texas Tech? Texas Tech versus who? NC State. Oh, versus NC. Well, obviously Philip Rivers was the quarterback for NC State, and for Texas Tech, who? Famous name. Mike Leach, pro quarterback. Um, I don't know if he made it pro, but he's definitely in the pro now. Oh. Okay. I I don't know. I don't know your answer. I don't know. Chris the answer. Kingsbury. Oh, of the Arizona Kingsbury. Okay. Okay. And I think NC State had a huge lead in that game, and they lost it. Ended up going to overtime, and then NC State won it in overtime. That's the other game where a running back ran for five touchdowns. T.A. McClendon ran for five touchdowns that day. So it wouldn't surprise me if NC State gets a lead, but hold on to your seat because with this offense, um, they're streaky. And when they roll, it's very much a rhythm offense, and when they get in rhythm, they're very hard to defend. So, 
I do want to expand on some of the things that you said, but I also want to bring up the gambling lines. So let's kind of combo those things together. Uh, NC State, Mississippi State, this game opens up as a pick 'em, which I think I texted Matt. Maybe I said it on the last podcast, but. Like you um, did last podcast. Before the season opener, I was saying Mississippi State will probably be a three point favorite, maybe two and a half point favorite, something like that. Something to tempt betters to take Mississippi State so that Vegas could cash in on an NC State win. Of course, NC State looks really good in week one. Mississippi State doesn't look so good. Line goes to a picker. All of the public money goes immediately on NC State, and pro money, by the way. What I'm seeing right now, 96% of tickets in Vegas are on NC State's side. Spread jumps up to 2.5 now, and basically this is a debate of who's correct, the eye test or the computers, because the eye test certainly tells you that NC State is going to be able to cover that minus 2.5 spread against Mississippi State this weekend. But the computers are telling you that these are two even teams. And the fact is that Mississippi State has the home field advantage. And when two even teams typically play, the home team typically wins. So I think Vegas likes being on the side of Mississippi State. They don't mind that 96% of the tickets are on NC State as a favorite because, frankly, if we removed ourselves from week one, what we saw in week one, then this game should probably be a pick if not a slight edge to Mississippi State. But with all that said, I'm trusting the eye test here because to me, if NC State brings the same energy that it brought in the season opener, it has absolutely no business losing this game. Because really one of the strengths, if not the strength, the strength that we didn't predict on defense in the season opener was how good that secondary looked. And that's going to be the key to this game. How does this secondary respond to Mississippi State's air raid attack? I'm not looking for cover corners. I'm not looking for NC State to hold Will Rogers to a 50 or even 60% completion rate. That's not going to happen. Mike Leach schemes it up so that his quarterback is going to have a completion rate of at least 70 plus percent. They're going to give the ball to their playmakers, see what they can do. The key to this game is simply wrap up tackling. You got to get these playmakers down. Look, completions are fine, but they can't go for more than three, four, five yards. And you can't give up big plays against this Bulldogs defense. And that's exactly what NC State did against USF. Granted, I'm not saying that USF's offense is as good as Mississippi State's. It's it's a more challenging test. But if they bring it the way they did to shut out an FBS-level team, an an American Athletic Conference team, the proverbial sixth power five conference i mean we're not talking about you know the lower ranks of the fbs conferences it's still group of five opponent but granted it's tough to shut out anybody in modern college football if nc state brings it like they did in season opener i i I love nc state winning this game and covering the spread and they have no business losing it yeah and and i'll add this mississippi state's offensive line is a concern if you're a bulldog Fan, which I don't, you know, we talked about how many West Coast listeners we might have. I think our listeners that are fans of Mississippi State is considerably less than 5%. We, we have their, more West Coast listeners than we have Mississippi State fan listeners. Yeah. Let's put it that yeah. way. They do have a huge offensive line. Dave Dorn mentioned that this week, and they're 6'5", 310, 6'5", 305, 6'3", 300, 6'7", 320, 6'7", 315. That's massive. 
One of them, ironically, was arrested. Not ironically, but one of them was arrested uh, for vandalism on uh, Monday. Uh, the right guard, Quetrevious Johnson. So I don't. I shouldn't. I wouldn't suspect that that would have long-range ramifications. Um, but uh, we'll see if that has anything to do. But they struggled on the offensive line against. Louisiana Tech is a train's about to come by our office here. You might hear the train horn. I'll take I'll take there. care of it, Matt, because you know what the good news is? Is that NC State's got a big defensive line too. Uh, it, yeah. And it, it helps to have Savion Jackson pushing three hundred pounds, Corey Durden pushing three hundred pounds, CJ Clark pushing three hundred pounds. I mean, we're not talking about these two sixty pound speed guys that some of these teams try to put out there. Yep. And they gave up three sacks to Louisiana Tech. Um, so that, that, again, that's kind of a surprising number. Um, there's one area from the first game where I was probably disappointed in the NC State defense. They came close to the quarterback a lot, but they didn't put him to the ground. Uh, this is another offensive line that struggled uh, when it comes to protecting the quarterback, at least it did in the first game. And if you go back to last year, they gave up 34 sacks, almost over three sacks a game, too. So it is not a strong offensive line in terms of pass protection. So hopefully, if you're an NC State fan, from an NC State perspective, you see a little bit more production in the pass rush uh, in this game um, to disrupt the rhythm of the air raid. So it's a uh, – and then offensively, Dave Dorn said it. I think the key is just to stay – Stay on schedule. Don't get behind the chains. And, um, you know, you have opportunities against Mississippi State defense. Mississippi State's good when they get you into long down and distance situations. So I think that'll be the key offensively. So um, I know you kind of want to hit on the ACC. Right? So for the ACC power rankings, your internal Justin H. Williams ACC power rankings. Where do you have entry state week one? I mean, to me, they look like the second best team in the conference. I, I don't, I don't see who looked better. Um, you know, I've seen some power rankings continue to rank Miami second behind Clemson because Miami lost to Alabama, but they lost by thirty. You know, it, it look a lot of teams would lose by thirty. Frankly, if Alabama was playing NC State and Vegas said we're going to make the spread 19 and a half, I'm still taking Alabama every day because there's basically three teams in the country that could probably stay within three touchdowns of Alabama. But uh, my, it, I can't – the verdict is still out on Miami. But I will tell you this. Miami never really responded to the challenge of Alabama. It's just they kept getting punched, and they never punched back. And NC State just looked like the veteran team of all these ACC teams. You know, NC State was out ready to hit. They had blood in their mouths. You know, they, they come out. I mean, I, I was watching on TV. You obviously saw it in person. But it's like they came out of the tunnel, and they're just fired up. They're running around the field. They're going up to the student section. I mean, they were just – it was like they were like kids in a candy shop just having fans back in the stands and it was like for 60 minutes they just were craving hits craving contact you couldn't say the same about carolina i mean carolina looked frankly soft against virginia tech they're well, certainly... do you consider 
Would you consider Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech would would be number three to me. I mean, I, I would say that Virginia Tech looked great in the first half against Carolina. Uh, they gave the Tar Heels every opportunity to come back in the second half. And frankly, Carolina's offense hardly looked competent, which was really weird to see considering that they have a future pro quarterback under center. But Sam Howell did not look good, and it sure looked like, uh, you know, everything that we've been talking about this entire time about what are you going to do about replacing Javante Williams? What are you going to do about replacing Michael Carter? What are you going to do about replacing Diami Brown? It's not like you just put in a freshman and then they regurgitate that type of production. Those are pro guys. I've got one of them on my fantasy team. I mean, we're not talking about just a rookie running back. We're talking about a potential stud running back in the NFL. You don't just go find some four-star kid from Eastern North Carolina and they're ready to roll. Just replace them next year. So Carolina, to me, that top 10 rating was a complete fluke. Look, Carolina's going to be a good team. They'll be a top 25 team by the time they come to Carter-Friendly Stadium over Thanksgiving weekend at the end of this regular season. But right now, they are not a top 25 team. And frankly, you know, they've got some they've got some serious questions because the defense looked okay but that offense was was not good Clemson looks beatable Clemson looks really beatable um granted Georgia's defensive line looked um like a pro defensive line frankly um and DJ Uyagagale was constantly on his ass um <laughs> that's not going to happen again for Clemson this season until they get to the college football playoff but if it does, fair, fair. I mean, they got They got to beat state first, right? I mean, if, <laughs> I, if agree. I don't even know if they win went out. They'll need some help, and by help, I mean they need some help from the ACC teams being really good to justify. Or you know, South Carolina, kind of their other name opponent non conference, and we know South South Carolina, I believe, is an underdog against East Carolina. This weekend, so we know they don't they don't have high expectation. Mm, I, st- I still think I still think a Clemson team that wins out the regular season and goes on to win the ACC championship makes it to a college football playoff. But I'll tell you They'll this: need... speaking of offenses okay. that didn't look like they clicked, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of run through my thoughts of the ACC. I, I agree, Clemson's offense didn't it just, it's not elite, uh, but they're not going to face the Georgia defense. A fired up Georgia defense the rest yeah. of the year, so I, I'll give and why that offense looked like an issue, and we suspected, which is why we talked a million times about you rather have Clemson early in the year because even Clemson will take time to replace Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Even Clemson will take a little bit of time to do that, which is what was mind boggling about all the faith that people were putting into UNC's offense. Um, let's not forget their defense didn't give up a touchdown to Georgia. I mean, the only touchdown scored in that game was a pick six by Georgia. So let's not lose sight of that on the other side. And, and sometimes I, I feel like that's getting lost in the conversation a little bit. Clemson was short-handed too on defense. I think they were missing a couple of guys in that game, and they still kept Georgia. Got to be in zone. So, let's not forget that. 
Yeah, let's not forget that on the other side because they're going to score points once they get past him. It's also the linebackers. I saw where the guy, uh, Jim Nagy, who's in charge of the senior bowl, was talking about how all seven or all six of Georgia's front players will be in the NFL and that some of their backups will be too. So they're not going to face a front like that. They still have issues with the offensive line. It is not an elite offensive line. Um, they obviously don't yet have faith in a running back to replace ETM because they didn't run the football against Georgia. So we'll see how that changed. But I still have number one. Uh, I didn't watch Virginia Tech's UNC, I'll confess. So I'm relying on word of mouth. Um, I just throw out a cautionary tale on Virginia Tech. They started really well last year. We, we know that at NC State. Yep. They looked darn good against NC State because they changed a lot of stuff. And they showed stuff that they didn't show previously on film. And, and Justin State Fuente had is notoriously good in those first games, those season openers. Yeah. And I read some quotes from UNC where their offense was different from last year and the defense was kind of caught off guard in the first half before making adjustments. So. UNC is what I thought UNC would be. I, I said, go back and look at Philip Rivers' numbers. When he lost Corn Robinson and Eric Leak, his two leading receivers after a freshman year where he threw for over 3,000 yards, his next season was his worst season in passing yards by over 500 yards. And that's not like he didn't have receivers. They were just first time around. It takes time. He actually had a receiver you might have heard of named Jericho Cotchery making it kind of first year as a starter, you know, went on to play 10 years in the NFL, but he just wasn't ready to replace that kind of production yet. So I agree with you. They'll be fine at the end of the year, but you know, I always looked at them and thought they were an eight and four, seven and five regular season team, maybe nine and three if they things went well for them. I hadn't changed my mind on that. I actually had them losing to Virginia Tech. Last thing on that. Miami, what I did watch, looked at – uh, speak, that, speak, last thing I want to say about UNC, by the way, thank goodness for their athletic department that they did not invest in the Sam Halfer Heisman campaign billboards and all the marketing <laughs> material because the official time of death on the Sam Halfer Heisman campaign was Friday night, September 3rd yeah. in Blacksburg. Unfortunately, three interceptions. There's no coming back from that. He's not going to win the Heisman. I thought Miami, who NC State plays, yeah, I thought last year they were a middle-of-the-pack ACC team. They just happened to win all those games against middle-of-the-pack ACC teams by close margins and thus looked better in the win-loss record than they really were. They are middle-of-the-pack average ACC team. And I don't see a top-25 team. I thought Alabama could have picked a score. Uh, the first half was as easy a uh, game as Alabama could have hoped for. So that's where I kind of slightly disagree. Yes, Alabama going to do that to a lot of teams, but a top 15 team would at least put up a fight for a little bit. And Miami didn't put up a fight for a little bit. They they were they couldn't. They they just physically couldn't do it. Um, so, you know, what intrigued me about the ACC real quick is uh, the intriguing teams all actually did pretty well. You know, Pittsburgh's. Boston College, Wake Forest, they played crap teams, but they did what they're supposed to do to crap teams, which is exactly what NC State did to its crap opponent, South Florida. And Florida State, frankly, held up a lot better against Notre Dame 
than I probably anticipated. We'll see if that's sustainable um, because they have a lot of new faces there and as they get scouted more, it might change. But, um, and then most disappointing to me was Louisville, how uncompetitive they looked against Ole Miss. They, they looked very bad, really bad against Ole Miss. Um, they looked poorly coached, to be yeah. honest. And, and that was kind of a wild card game on the NC State schedule. But if I see that another week, I'm going. I might be tempted to move that to the fifth likely win. Cause we had four, um, and frankly, Syracuse probably looked better week one than Louisville did. Yeah. So, um, but I still think those games at Boston College, at Wake Forest, and at Florida State look just as tricky as they do now as they did at the beginning of the season. So before the season, I should say. ACC Doomsday, guess what? There are still other teams in the conference that are not named Clemson, UNC, and Miami. So it's okay. I will say Florida State really impressed me, and I do think that's a team that's, you know, they can't lose too many early on in the season. they got to keep the locker room in good spirits. But, man, they fought really hard against what I thought looked like a really good Notre Dame team. And um, that's a team to watch for. State's got to go down to Tallahassee this year, too. That, that, that might be a tough game because um, they've got two quarterbacks that can hurt you now. And I think that team's going to get back to a bowl. they got, they got to. Because, I mean, if Norvell doesn't get him back to a bowl this year, he's probably in trouble. So, um, I don't know. I think the ACC will bounce back. Look, it's not, it's not a great conference. I mean, it's, it's not as good as the SEC. It's not as good as the Big Ten. Frankly, it's not as good as the Pac-12, you know. But, but it is what it is. It's ACC football, and and here's the here's the good news for NC State fans. What in the scale of college football? What do you care about? Because NC State's not a program that's going to go compete for a national title. So I'm sorry to tell you that if if you are clinging on to that hope. The best case scenario for NC State football any given year is to win the ACC championship. That would be the best possible – if we're being realistic, that's the best possible scenario. And this year, that looks like not a probability, but a possibility. But a possi- If you can take care of business in week four against a Clemson team that looks vulnerable this year, granted, good luck scoring points on that defense, but we'll get there. We'll get to week four. If they can take care of Clemson week four, I don't know, man. ACC's looking beatable this year, so – We'll it's see. still a lot of tough road games, but uh, first thing first is Mississippi State this Saturday. <laughs> All right, I'm already talking about the ACC Championship in Week 2. I think that is our cue to sign off here because uh, yeah. I-, I need to go drink some more coffee. But anyways, <laughs> for the listeners and uh, viewers at home, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give this video a thumbs up while you're at it. We're super close to our goal of 1,000 subscribers by this football season. We're almost there. So anybody that listens to this podcast, if you haven't already, go to YouTube, smash that subscribe button. There you go. Boom. You never have to worry about being notified when we have a new podcast again. Uh, and one last reminder, use that promo code PAC60 at thewolfpacker.com for a free 60-day trial on all of our premium content news and analysis. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.